Hi, I'm John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to our podcast series on Notre Dame's Mendoza College of Business. Over the next few days and weeks, we'll be talking to a number of different people at the Mendoza College about the MBA experience and business education. Give you really good insights into what it's like to go to Notre Dame for your MBA. And today we have Amanda McKendry, who's Associate Teaching Professor of Management and Director of the Fanning Center for Business Communication at the Mendoza College. Welcome. Thank you. So Amanda, you teach a skill that is often overlooked, yet is highly critical. And yet, you know, the interesting thing about the skill that you teach is when you survey corporate recruiters of MBAs, one of the things that they say they want most and they want more of are MBAs who communicate well. That's correct. One of the first data points that we share with students is the feedback from recruiters who place communication skills in the sweet spot. So that set of skills would be difficult to find, but in high demand. And that's exactly where communication skills sit. How do you teach communication? We all sort of take a different approach because it is such an individualized and personal type of study for students. And our goal is not to make everyone present in the same way or everyone write in the same way. Because as we know, there are many ways to be successful in both writing and speaking. What we hope to do is first help students understand their strengths and potential areas for future development in terms of their communication skills. Then we show them the landscape of the marketplace. So here are some best practices. Here are some models. Here are the frameworks that are at work in places of employment. And then lastly, we give them a toolkit so that they can feel successful moving forward with their next communication challenge. And is this a part of the core curriculum or, or is this an elective opportunity? We do have a required communication course for graduate students, although they have choices in this area. If they'd like to focus on speaking, they can enroll in our advanced speaking course. If they'd like to focus on writing, if they know that's an area that they would like to further develop, then they would be a great candidate for our strategic writing course. We also launched this semester a course we've titled Strategic Communication, where we've really taken the best of the speaking curriculum and the best of the writing curriculum and coordinated into one seven-week course for students. I would imagine that that's going to be the course taken by most people, right? Most people do take the joint hybrid. They like to have a little bit of a refresher for both writing and speaking, but we do have a about 25% of our students who enroll in the strategic writing course. So we, we do know that students are placing a value on writing and improving their writing skills during their graduate studies. So in the hybrid course, let's pretend I'm a student and um, it's the first day of class. Uh, what happens to me in your in your course? The first day is really a model for the rest of the class sessions that follow in that we follow a case study method approach, as in most business schools. We often will begin with a case discussion. We'll talk about the role of strategic communication. We'll talk about some frameworks that might be helpful to the students as they're working on their writing and speaking assignments. And then because our courses are only seven weeks long, we use 
use that first class session to also introduce the first assignment that is due. In that course, it is a strategy memo assignment where they are analyzing an authentic business problem and then articulating a solution in writing. Wow. So when I leave your course on the first day, I already have homework and my homework is actually quite challenging, I think, because to, you know, to coherently and concisely write a memo with the purpose of basically convincing another person of perspective is a big challenge, right? Well, you need to be successful at both informative writing and persuasive writing in a strategy memo. Part of the task is to lay out the facts of the case, what happened, who was involved. So everyone who reads that memo, they're working with the same set of facts. The next step then is to apply your own independent thinking, your own individual analysis on those facts. So that's really answering the so what question. Who are the critical stakeholders? What are the key issues? What's the business problem? Can you identify the business problem and describe it in a few sentences? And then once you've laid out your analysis, you can move to recommendations. What would you recommend the CEO does about the given business problem or the VP of investor relations or whoever the audience might be for that business writing assignment? Is brevity important? Yes, that's one of the qualities that we talk about when we ask students to think about qualities of plain language, clarity, brevity, and audience-oriented. Those are the top three qualities that we stress. And of course, one of the big things about communication and teaching it, I would think, is preparing people to do a thoughtful and convincing presentation. So where, where do presentation skills come into the picture? For the strategic communication course, they do two presentations. The first presentation is a business briefing where they analyze a given company based upon their choice. If they can choose a company that they're interested in, they like to work in someday, or maybe they just like to follow in the news, and they do a pretty in-depth analysis of the company. How does that company make money? Um, What um, various revenue streams does that company have? What are the major competitors? What does the industry space look like? So they're going after these major questions for each company. And then the second speaking assignment is the persuasive side of it. So now we've moved on from informative, where they are trying to convince the audience that either a given business strategy was a positive choice for a company or it was a negative choice for a company. And then they provide the evidence to help support one way or the other. Now, I'm assuming you actually get up in front of the entire class and you present. Uh, Are any outsiders in the class to, to basically judge you? Not any outsiders. Typically, we have instructor feedback as part of the presentations. And really, the most important aspect of the presentation is the peer feedback session that happens after each presentation. So after each student will deliver the presentation, we'll have one student or one classmate offer feedback on the structure of the presentation. Was it well organized? Did you have an engaging introduction? Did you have a compelling closing? Did you have transitions to guide the reader or guide the listener throughout the entire presentation? Then we have another student who focuses only on the nonverbals, and that can include both vocal qualities as well as posture, gestures, movement. 
And then we have a third student who only offers feedback on the visual aids. So what did your slide deck look like? Was it thought out in terms of style and design? Were the slides overly crowded? Were key takeaways obvious to the audience? So those would be the types of feedback that students would receive after each presentation. My goodness, Amanda, this is making me incredibly self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do the students do? I mean, uh, based on the quality coming in and then what happens after, you know, at, at the end of seven weeks, can you really see a, a major improvement? This is a point that we stress to students all the time. Students can very easily tell a difference moving from presentation one to presentation two. There is an increase in the confidence level because you've already presented in front of this group. You also understand the dynamics of the assignment and the process, so you know how the the peer feedback process is going to unfold. And you feel like you're getting better the more that you do it. You have to have continued practice at speaking. On the other hand, sometimes for writing, it takes a little bit longer to feel like you're improving in those areas that you want to. It's not just a matter of one writing assignment or two or three. It really takes continued focus and practice every day um, in order to enhance those writing skills. And so that's the major difference for students going between the writing skills and the speaking skills. What kind of feedback have you gotten from the companies that employ your MBAs in terms of their communication skills? Well, one of the key questions that we receive from recruiters and employers of all types is, are, what are you doing about writing skills? Do you have these um, programs in place to address writing? So, and we always say, yes, we've got that covered. <laughs> um, you know, the students are in good hands. Um, who decide to take advantage of some of the writing courses. One of the hallmarks of the Fanning Center would be our case writing process that happens in the corporate communication class for graduate students. In that class, students are creating their own unique individual case studies based on secondary research and in some cases primary research if we're able to conduct interviews at the various companies. But then that written product becomes part of their professional portfolio that they can take with them um, on job interviews, if they need to submit a writing assessment or a writing sample as part of a job interview, all of those course deliverables become helpful in those ways as well. Wow. Well, having edited many journalists over all my years <laughs> in journalism, I can tell you that uh, even professional writers uh, don't get it right and right. often have to be uh, significantly rewritten mm -hmm. uh, on a fairly regular basis. Because uh, to me, you know, every, every piece of writing is about three things, right? First thing, it's about the idea and the perspective you bring to it. The second thing is about the information you gather, essentially the reporting, and then it's finally the crafting of mm -hmm. the document. And most people are really not good at all three. They're good at one and they're kind of okay at the other when they're really good. Is that your experience? Yes. And I would say part of that depends on how much time students are spending in each one of those areas. One of the frameworks that we share with students suggests that you spend about 25% of your time in the pre-writing phase. So this would be brainstorming your goals for the correspondence, figuring out your needs of the audience, making sure you understand the parameters of the assignment or the writing challenge that you're working on. 
And then we suggest that students spend about another 25% in the drafting phase. The goal was to get the ideas on paper quickly. Um, you do not need to keep all of those ideas on paper, but just to provide a space for that initial thinking and to do move through that quickly. So that leaves about 50% of the time focused on editing and revising. And the revising part can be looking at actual paragraphs. Do these paragraphs hang together? Is there a coherent flow of thought throughout these paragraphs. And then the editing comes in the line-by-line fine-tuning. Do I have my commas in the right place? Uh, Do I have proper punctuation and capitalization? And all of those expression issues that go into, as you were saying, having a quality document. Do students like uh, the course? The feedback that I receive on strategic writing is positive. Um, One of the benefits that I often hear about is just the opportunity to have individualized feedback and coaching. Our writing classes are capped at a smaller size to allow for more time and more feedback for individual students because it is such a private, personal, individual task that if students can work with faculty one-on-one, that's really where the Fanning Center adds value. What are the size of the classes? For the writing class, 24. That's a lot of papers to read. (laughs) (laughs) And and similarly with the speaking class, those are capped at 24 as well to allow ample time for individual presentations and multiple individual presentations. Now, Amanda, come come clean on this. After you read, uh, particularly the first uh, strategic memo, uh, how much hair do you pull out of your head? Uh, My goal this year was not to grade on the weekends. I said, I'm not going to do, but that didn't last at all um, because I do like to find time where I can read through several of them at once to in order to be able to say, well, this stack is clearly the A pile of memos, and then this might be the B pile, and then to provide individual feedback for all of those students. Right. How unique or unusual is it to have communications in the core curriculum of an MBA program? It's not unique. And even at Notre Dame, it's been part of the history for a very long time. I mean, the center has been in existence and we've been doing this for almost 30 years. Um, So it's something that the university values and certainly the Mendoza College of Business values. We work with students even before they arrive on campus, the summer before they'll complete a writing assessment where we ask them to work through a business problem and articulate a solution in writing. And then they also respond to some questions for a survey focused on their speaking skills. But then all of that feedback helps advisors coach the students. It helps Fanning Center faculty have a better understanding of what are the needs of this particular class. Is it heavy writing, heavy speaking? Um, Typically about a third of the students will receive a recommendation to enroll in a writing class. Um, And that process in and of itself makes a very unique contribution for the MBA students. All right. Well, Amanda um, McHenry, thank you so much for filling this in on the whole communication aspect of the, of the program. Uh, Amanda is the associate teaching professor of management and the director of the Fanning Center for Business Communication. There aren't many business schools that actually have a center for business communication, I will add. 
so this is the, at least on that level, it's uh, quite unusual. And the focus on communication skills, uh, as Amanda's pointed out, it's extremely important to uh, corporate recruiters and, and employers who often find these skills lacking in newly hired MBA recruits. So Amanda, thank you for participating today. Thank you. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. This is our series and a number of podcasts on Notre Dame's Mendoza College of Business. Thanks for joining us.